Hey guys, welcome to my podcast. I pray you are empowered to walk in the fullness of your God design. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you. So though Jesus came to serve, he was clear that in your service to people, your service to people should never come first. Remember the story of Mary and Martha? Luke 10, 38, 42. Now, while they were on their way, Jesus entered the village called Bethany. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was continually, continually just listening to his teaching. Just continually listening to his teaching. But Martha... Martha, poor Martha, was busy and distracted with all of her serving responsibilities. And she approached him and she said, Lord, is this of no concern to you that my sister has left me all alone, serving all by myself? Gasp. Tell her to help me and do her part. You guys can, this one you can tell I have my degrees in early childhood education. (laughs) Tell her to do her part. Tell her to help me and do her part. But the Lord replied this. Now, listen, I want you to hear this because I feel like there's a lot of permission. You can hear God rebuking her, but you can also hear an invitation in this. When he says this, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered and anxious about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. I'm just going to let it settle for a minute. I want you to just hear your name in there for a moment. Lisa, Lisa, baby, you're worried and you're bothered and you're anxious about so many things, but there's only one thing that's necessary. Come on, there's an invitation in that. That's not a rebuke. That's an invitation. It's an invitation. For Mary has chosen the good part, that which is to her advantage. And it will not be taken away from her. You remember all the different seeds that fell in the different kinds of soil? And there was some good seed that fell in the thorny bush, and it got choked out. Come on, for some of us, that's us. We're emotionally crowded. We're crowded emotionally with our anxiety, with our distraction. I call that seed, I call that one the crowded heart. It's the crowded heart. My mind is crowded. My heart is crowded. My life is crowded. My schedule is crowded. My room is crowded. My car is crowded. Come on, y'all know I got six kids, right? And in-laws and grandbabies and dogs and moms and all these things. My life is crowded on the outside. But on the inside, it's only one thing that's necessary only one thing that's necessary. This is especially challenging for us as women. We have such nurturing spirits and our desire is to care for people. But we must remember when the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. I think we've done a disservice when we're like, oh, you should get up first in the morning because the Bible says that you should seek God early. You should seek him first. He should be first, 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 first. And we've made first about a time instead of an occasion. See, when it says early will I seek thee, it doesn't mean early thing in the morning. It means the first thing in every situation. Early will I seek thee. 
right, right now. First thing I will seek you. Right now, at noon early will I say, early, oh, the first thing I'll, before I have that conversation, before I deal with that conflict, before I have that whatever. Early, first thing. See, we, we've taught everybody that your devotion should be done first thing in the morning. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm saying it's incomplete. I'm saying it denotes the idea that there's, there's a second, that ever, the rest of our day is the second, third, fourth, and it should be first, 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 first. Early, 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 early. If it's midnight, early I'm going to seek you. If it's 11 p.m., early I'm going to seek you. If I'm having an issue, early I'm going to seek you. I'm going to seek you first in everything that I do. It's not a time frame. It's an occasion. It's what we do. We do it first. We need to have a conversation. But first, let's pray. Come on. If you have ever entered into a difficult conversation and you have not first prayed, you haven't sought him first. That's right. So I want us to think about Luke chapter 7, 3650. Same thing with the woman anointing the feet of Jesus. Here she demonstrates her understanding of the importance of ministering to God. Now you understand that women in that time frame could not just enter into a room full of men unless they were serving. So she enters into a room full of men and she begins to pour out the oil upon him, and begins to wipe it with her hair. This woman, whom some say was a prostitute, has no place, has no position, but she does not care. Because she is so enamored with the person, there's only one thing that is necessary for her in that moment, and it is not serving the people, it's serving the Lord. It's ministering to God. Come on, we've got to get back to the simplicity of ministering to the Lord first in all that we do. Let's talk about the lampstand. So Revelation says that a drifting away from our first works, from our first love, will result in the loss of a lampstand. Now we think about this lampstand, that light that is within us, our light source is the person of Jesus Christ. Now it's kind of obvious to say, obviously the less I minister to the Lord, the less I sit in his presence, the less I receive of his love, the dimmer the lampstand will get. He talks about a loss of the lampstand. The Bible says that you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. But the lampstand that was in the tabernacle required attention. All right, so here we go again. Because what are we learning tonight? We're learning how to not just be in relationship with God. We're learning how to cultivate. We're learning how to kindle we're learning how to keep it passionate. We're learning how to keep it exciting, to keep it, keep it filled with excitement. So the lampstand that was in the tabernacle, it had flax or linen wick that was placed inside the lamp, and then there was oil inside of there. Now, there were several things that were necessary. Now, keep in mind that the priests were the ones who tended to the lampstand. So part of tending to the lampstand was keeping the wick trimmed. Okay? So I want you to think about you as a lampstand for a moment and the things in your life that need to be trimmed. Some of us need to have some anxiety trimmed in our lives, some selfishness trimmed in our lives, some pride trimmed in our lives, some, some anger trimmed in our lives, things in our emotions and our soul care that needs to be continuous. And I don't mean just one. Because they had to trim these every day. You want to know why? Because there are things that we need to tend to every day. Come on, I once struggled with 
clinical anxiety and panic attacks and depression. And if you think those demons don't ever show up at my door, you're crazy. It's a continual trimming. It's a continual cutting that away, cutting that thought of rejection away, cutting that fear away, cutting that pride away, cutting that anxiety away. It's a continual trimming so that my wick isn't burning from the actual flax or the linen is what a wick is made out of. Now listen to me. A wick who gets, that gets too long, well, let me put it in modern day terms. If you have a candle with wax and a wick, okay, you ladies know the wick gets really tall and it gets that big nubby thing on the end. And then the flame gets really big like this and it's super smoky. It's an impure flame because it's not burning from the wax, it's burning from the flesh. It's burning from the soul. So though it appears bigger and it appears better, it's actually an impure flame and it's actually easier snuffed out because it has no wax on it. So I can it right out. But if that wick is saturated with oil, it doesn't snuff out. So I have to keep the wick trimmed so that the wick is continuously burning, not from the wick, but it's burning from the oil. Come on. This is good stuff. Okay, so i got to keep my flesh. If I want to cultivate, let's bring it all back. I'm pursuing my first love. I want to fall in love with God again. And this means I'm actually going to have to repent. Come on. It means I'm going to have to let the Lord seek me, search me, see if there be any spot, any wicked way in me, any nasty thought in me, any foul language in me. I need to have those things trimmed in my life so that I can stay tucked in the oil of the Holy Spirit so that I don't wear out. Come on, some of us have a big, big, brown, smoky flame that looks like I'm burning for the Lord. And then you go home and you're like, I'm exhausted. Because you're burning from your flesh and you're not burning from the oil. So the Bible says twice every day, morning and evening, the priest attended. Who are we? We're the priest. They attended to the wick and they replenished the, they replenished the lamp with beaten olive oil for the lamps. So there was a, a bee being filled, right? There's a bee being filled. There's a continual replenishing. You guys remember the story of the ten virgins? They all had one person, the pastor. Come on, you guys. Ten virgins in the book of Matthew 25, I think it says. There's ten virgins. They all have lampstands. They all have lamps. Lamp wasn't their problem. The problem is five had oil and five didn't. Moreover, the five who didn't wanted to borrow the ones who had it. Come on, you guys come here every Sunday and go, can I borrow some of your lamp, Pastor Gary, because I'm just so tired. Can you just pray hands on me one more time, Pastor Gary? I just need some of your oil. And you're not ready. See, we hear that parable taught like it's five saved and five unsaved, but I'd like to propose that possibly it's ten saved and five were not saturated in the oil. They weren't ready. They weren't be being filled. They were not ready when the bridegroom came. And if we learn from the Old Testament, if we learn the role of the priest, we would stop doing all the things for all the people and recognize, I am low on some oil today. And if I don't get filled up, I'm going to probably dig up a, a, a hole in my backyard and bury somebody. <laughs> Jesus, 
All right, so we want to keep that. We need to continuously keep our flesh trimmed and our soul pruned. We must not allow our soulish ways to outshine the Spirit. Come on. In my book, um, The Pursuit of His Glory, if you guys haven't gotten a copy, I would highly recommend it. Look, it's hard for me to say, like, this is my favorite book, this is my favorite book. Every book that comes out is my favorite book. I really do think this is my favorite book. Um, But... It talks a lot about, I talk a lot about the character and the attributes of God and the difference between learning how to imitate God and actually becoming like God. And that big smoky flame is what we've learned in church. This is what it looks like to burn for God. This is what it looks like to go and clean the church toilets while I'm cussing in my head. Come on, the Holy Spirit can do better than that. The Holy Spirit can do better than that. And we have to kind of not settle for, I've learned how to manage that. I've learned how to temper that. I've learned that it's not cool to actually say that out loud when the pastor's in the room. Or when my children are in the room. But the reality is, if you're having that conversation in your head, you've settled for less than his glory. You've settled for less than his character. And the Holy Spirit can do better than that. We can do better than that. All right, I need to hurry. So the result of all of this is the paradise of God. Oh, you know, it's possible to be saved but not be experiencing the paradise of God. This is in the book of Revelation, so we assume this is something that we're only going to get when we're glorified. And that is not true. If we're cultivating the first love, if we're intentional in our first work, if we're tending to the lampstand, trimming the wick, cultivating the Holy Spirit, ministering to the Lord, receiving and saturating His love on a daily basis, I would like to propose to you that the paradise of God is now. It's here. It's now. It's not something we have to wait for. It says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will, everybody say again, I will. Give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. We see the restoration here of so many things of God saying, I want to restore to you life, fullness, abundant life. We know that the Bible says in John 10.10 that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you would have it to the full, that you would have it abundant. Some versions say superfluous, superfluous, super, superfluous, something like that. It's like this weird word, and I'm like, what is that? And it just means a lot. It's like abundant. You know, like if I fill up a bottle and it's full, it's not overflowing. It's not a superfluous. It's not a lot. It's just full. And God is saying, I want you to have a lot. I want you to eat of the tree of life. I want you to live in the paradise of my garden. I want to restore to you the days of our Eden. And I want us to walk in the divine love exchange. Not today, not tomorrow, not the next day, but forever. Listen, the blessings of... The blessings of being restored to God through Jesus does not mean just salvation. You understand that in the Old Testament, there was a land of lack, there was a land of just enough, 
and then there was a land of more than enough. Okay, so I'm going to do that again because I want you to get this visual. There was a land of lack. And sometimes we run to God in our lack. You know? And, and when I need him, he's there for me. And I'm in a wilderness right now, and so I'm running to God in my lack. Um, and then probably most of us in this room have kind of come into the just enough. And we can't imagine that possibly God has more than, more than enough for us. In fact, religion would tell us that that's being greedy. You know, we're raised in a, in a world that says when we go into a candy store that we have to pick once. But we, we live in a kingdom where God says you can have it all. And so a lot of us get stuck here in the land of just enough. I got just enough love to get me through the day. God, that was just enough prayer to get me till noon. Instead of walking in prayer, living in prayer, living in dialogue. Come on, if I never, if I didn't talk to Brad for 24 years, eight to nine days a week, which is impossible because he's working nine days a week, what kind of intimacy do you think we had? We functioned extremely well together. We parented well together. Our finances were well together. We, dis we cleaned the house well together. We had phenomenal sex lives. I'll just be honest with you. But we didn't have intimacy. We didn't have a relationship. See, it was all functional and traditional and very rote. And some of you in here have learned to have a very functional relationship with the Lord, but there's no intimacy. There's no intimacy there's no dialogue. There's no doing life together. And God says, I want you to enter into the paradise of God. I want you to expect this weekend that I have more intimacy. I have more love. I have more touch. I have more revelation. Come on, whatever it is you need. I have more gifts. I have more anointing. There's more for you that I want to pour out. And your relationships around you start right here in this moment. They start right here between you and I. It's that simple. It's really that simple. I was teaching in a class this Monday, and um, we kind of had a moment where I felt like the Holy Spirit kind of hovered on a verse, and so I said, let's just take a moment and not rush it. And I was reminded of last week my daughter went to the eye doctor and she's had some trouble seeing, you know, and, and he went in there and he started dropping those little lenses, you know, and he said, okay, this might be kind of hard, but which one can you see clearer, one or two? And she's like, oh, two. And he goes, okay, so two's clear. And she said, yeah, two's clear. And he goes, how about two or three? And she's like, whoa, three's even clearer. He goes, okay, but three or four. And she's like, whoa, four's even clearer. And we got in the car and she said, you know, mom, it was weird because I thought every time he dropped a lens, it was as clear as it could get. And that you think your three lens is the clearest it's going to get. And God says, no, baby, there's a four. In fact, there was a five and a six. And so, God, we just declare tonight that you're just clearing up our spiritual vision. You're bringing clarity to things we think we already have clarity to. Come on, we already think it's as clear as it can get. And God says, I want to drop another lens of revelation into you. Come on. For those of you who are thinking right now, 
I don't know that God would do that for me. I shut that voice right now in the name of Jesus. I take authority of thinking that I'm speaking to everybody around you except for you. In fact, I take authority over pride that would say, I already see it all. I already know it all. I take authority over fear that says I'm afraid of what I might see. And God, we receive the greater dimensions. We receive the greater dimensions. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Be sure to click subscribe so you can catch each episode every month. I want you to walk in your fullness. For more information about other services and resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. You can also find me on YouTube by searching Lisa Schwartz LLC. I look forward to connecting with you. Remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you.